Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Josh Ryder, the CRO of UFIT out of Texas. Josh, what is going on? How are you doing today, man? Happy Wednesday. Good. Happy Wednesday. Great great to be here. Great to join the show. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. I know you're a busy guy. And so, look, we, we kind of want to give you the floor right out of the gate and, and give the viewers a little perspective, right, Josh? I mean, in your words, how would you describe UFIT and what you guys do and the gym and your culture? Yeah, great question. I think that, you know, UFIT's been going under kind of a brand rebuild, refresh over the course of the last, call it 12 almost months. We launched a rebrand of you from UFIT Health Clubs to UFIT Gyms post COVID, post a bankruptcy uh, into the 80 gyms that we have today. In October of last year, we announced the UFIT Gyms kind of new name, new brand moving ourselves from what would be called kind of HVLP 1.0 to HVLP 2.0, being a, a gym that is welcoming to all, right? And where you fit in is kind of where our, our, a recent tagline with some creative that we just that we just released in the form of Love new that. videos and stuff to refresh that brand look. What we're open to anybody that's starting their fitness journey, as well as those who are seriously involved in fitness and looking to just get stronger and focus on whether that be getting guidance on nutrition, whether that be getting guidance through personal training or through small group training, which we're doing across across all locations today, as well as group X. So I think it's, you know, moving ourselves away from the ton of treadmills, circuit training, of the pin loaded machines, bringing in, you know, focused on functional fitness platforms, turf areas, let's get you fit, but also be the place where really anybody can start the fitness journey. I love that, Josh. And it's such a great, such a great perspective there and, and a great um, explanation. And so I kind of want to ask one question to give the viewers a little more perspective here, because I know, of course, but I'm not sure if everybody does. Would you consider your guys uh, or your business here more of a traditional gym or more of like a studio gym? How would you consider you fit in your, in your words? Yeah, we're, so we are a smaller square footage, right? So we're on average about 20,000 square feet, but we would be on the, on the guise of a big box gym with uh you know group x fitness in some locations personal training and you know some turf areas as well as we're as we're kind of rebranding and refreshing so yeah we'll, we'd be definitely on the big box side of things gotcha and hey, thank you for that i appreciate you yeah yeah explaining further and so let's kind of dive right into the nitty-gritty here josh i mean the bare bones basics of course i mean how many members i mean would you say across all 80 locations how many are you serving would you I mean, do you even know the number <laughs> that's probably actually yeah i mean it's, it's anywhere between uh right around two hundred thirty-five thousand members across the board with uh, obviously a distinct goal to add a hundred thousand to that over the course of the next couple of years yeah i love that i think that's awesome i mean that's, congratulations on that that's huge astronomical numbers here and so you know kind of curious i mean for you guys, Josh, I mean, obviously every location is different, but what's been the best method for you fit on getting new people through the door? Yeah, I mean, we obviously from a marketing standpoint, we're out on all main channels, whether that be digital side, Google, Facebook, Instagram. We've done some tests on Snapchat. We're doing, we've tested some digital audio, 
Google search obviously is a big one uh, and, and kind of going down different channels with respect to, you know, TikTok testing, which has been a little bit of a, of a hit and miss, frankly, for the fitness side. It works well for e-commerce, but not necessarily on the, on the fitness side, it seems just yet for, for the gym world. And obviously like more of your traditional stuff, right? Testing direct mail, being smart about that, sending that to people who are right on the cusp of making change in their, in their journey or, have it being a specific audience member of somebody who is interested in fitness has had been has been in fitness before does stuff at home you know maybe they're in the market for some athletic apparel so maybe they're also in the market for a new gym so it's it's a broad range of tactics and kind of channels we look at to to bring people in as of course the biggest opportunity that we try to take advantage of on a regular basis is our existing gym members themselves and using them to bring new members obviously you know you mentioned earlier swole mates right but like bringing in a buddy getting people working out together creating that community so that you know you're you're much more likely to continue coming to the gym if you're coming with friends than if you are by yourself so that's a huge opportunity for us as well yeah yeah i, I love it josh i mean i think the fact that you have such a strong perspective and also the understanding of versatility i think that's the biggest thing that a lot of gym owners do undermine obviously on a smaller scale it's hard to have the versatility like you guys can but i think when you can actually understand that hey this brings people right word of mouth, of course. Then you also have social media and it's just testing, right? And then you got to A, B test before you know it works, right? I mean, yes. you're never going to find out. And so I, I love that they have such a, a deep mind of versatility, open-mindedness to where you can get your clients and your leads from. And so, you know, now I want to, I want to speak uh, specific to a, a location or two in, in, in this, in this question here, because I think if we did it in all, all of them, it would be too all over the place, but you know, I mean, uh, I like to ask this question because I think it makes a lot of sense. And especially with a bigger box gym, it's hard to understand this, but I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see your response here. So, you know, based on each location here, I mean, what would be a capacity max on each location here? I mean, I know, I mean, not sure how many each location holds. So if you can specify that and then give us an understanding of what capacity would be there and how far you think you would want or how close you'd want to be to that number. I'd love to hear that, Josh. Yeah. I mean, I'll take a perfect location. One of our um, top four units is our Mesquite, Texas location. 36,000 square feet. So it's actually an anomaly within us from a square footage standpoint. It's pretty large. You know, we, we'd love to see 12,000 members into that box, right? And I think that thing can definitely accommodate that comfortably as large as it is. As it is. Great location right off of a key uh, avenue in Mesquite, just south of Dallas. So it's a great location, great gym, great spot. It's always been known to be a gym even before we had it like years ago. So it's, it's, that's a great spot. We'd love to cap that out 10, 12,000 members. And then of course you, you take a smaller location, like some of our small locations in Miami, they're like 10,000, 15,000 square feet. You know, we'd love to pack that with seven, 8,000 members, um, get people in the door. Really. I mean, and in the world of like big box, right. When you're not running classes or because I, I was, I've been in the boutique world. You're obviously running classes as frequently as you can to drive yeah. members and clients in the door. In the big box world, like how do you optimize your time frame of being open from 5 a.m. to midnight or whatever your hours are if you're a 24-hour gym? How do you make sure that you're capitalizing and getting the early morning workout folks? How are you su supplementing the gap that exists between the 5 to 7 a.m. and the 5 to 7 to 9 p.m., right, with people who are probably going to work, coming from work? How do you get people who are maybe the older population, maybe they could be retired, maybe like working out in the afternoon would be key for them. So we also do a, a really active job of, of, of targeting senior citizens, folks that use insurance-based memberships to come in the door and use the gym during what you call kind of 
downtime hours or hours where we don't have as much as much traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and I love the emphasis of versatility again on, on where you're not just targeting just one group of people, one demographic. That's why I love the concept of you fit, right? I yeah. think that's amazing. And you're, you're living it, right? And, and the motto, the mission statement, I, I can see you, you speak about it truly, right? And it really goes to show through here. So thank you for that, Josh. I appreciate the explanation there. And so now this question, I think is, is one of the the anomalies here, because I, I we ask this a lot of times often, and, and some people just forget it, right? Because I mean, I think as fitness professionals, I mean, you know, right? We track our macros, you track how much weight is on the bar, we track literally everything. But sometimes you get to their metrics and like, oh, I don't know, but I'm sure for you that's not a concern here. But how do you go about tracking your metrics and understanding, you know, how long members have been with you guys? You know, if they're looking to cancel, if they're just starting, what's been the best practice there? Yeah, that's a good question. Some of the things that we've done more recently have been uh, to change some of the things that we sell. So I know obviously gyms have always been in the 12 month contract, 24 month contract, month to month world, right? And at the, at the end of the day, like if you sell a 12 month membership, those numbers do stay longer because they have to, right? They sign something that they're going to stay for 12 and they're incentivized by a cheaper price point for a lower upfront cost. So we use so we've introduced kind of some 12 month contracts to help with retention efforts uh, within the, within our space. But we use ABC Financial is, has ABC, I guess, Fitness Solutions, they changed their name. Yeah. We use them as our kind of big box uh, customers resource database. So we look at everything from the length of time that a, a, a 9.99 member stays versus a 24.99 member versus a 39.99 member. And those obviously get different amenities based upon the price point. And you know, we look at how long they stay, how long they're, you know, how, how much we get from them. Do they, uh, do they get involved in additional service, like personal training? Do they buy from us in the retail space? Do they get some things from our drink coolers, things like that to identify how we can drive more value to them as consumers, but, and members, but also how we make sure we're doing a good, good, a good job of providing them with a place to work out. And if they don't want to upgrade, they don't have to upgrade, right? At the end of the day, we're, we're better off with them coming back you know, two, three times a week, just to make sure that they're getting their, you know, seeing their fitness journey as it goes forward. And so we use that. We also have some other tools that we use to, to map success and retention and things like that. We use a platform called Domo that pulls in different data sources to kind of visualize um, different gym performance, as well as how members are behaving, canceling, et cetera. So those are a couple of things. And you mentioned obviously tracking macros and things like that and the personal training side of the house. We have we use an app that against ABC, but ABC bought a platform called Trainerize. You're probably familiar with with that with wow. that app. Yeah. So we, we use that in our gyms as well for our personal trainers to interact with clients, provide goals, create programming, all of that. That's something we actually launched in January this year. Was launching that to all all locations and all all clients and 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 um, and members as well. So it's a member app as well. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I think it's so important. I think you're really giving a strong perspective to the viewers here. And give them an understanding of how valuable it really is to track your metrics. I mean, you're you're considered, you know, whatever the the, the higher end in the company here. I mean, we and, and I think they all know that. And I think when you when you, they see this and they understand, like, well, if you want to be in a position like this where you're having multi locations and doing this, it, you're gonna have to to track these numbers, right? It doesn't matter if you have a 750 square foot sure. studio or you have 50,000 locations, whatever, right? I mean, like you guys are killing it. So that's awesome stuff there, Josh. And thank you for that again. So going to throw a little bit of a longer-winded question here, but a good question in itself. Um, and if you need to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, but um, bear with me on this explanation here. So what we've been discussing this this entire podcast and, and what we use pretty predominantly in the fitness and gym industry are going to be three pillars of business, right? And then 
they're very obvious. It's going to be your number one, which is your lead gen, getting people through the door, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have your acquisition, which is converting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Josh, of those three, where do you guys that you feel like you could improve the most? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that we've done a really good job on, on the marketing side is nailing our post-member kind of email journey, right? So what are we hitting you with? When are we hitting you with? When are we hitting with the offer for PT? When are we talking about upgrading, getting involved with nutrition services, getting involved with small group training? I feel like we've done a really good job of that. That's something we've been iterating on essentially all year long. And that's inclusive of email, SMS, texting, push notifications, all of those kind of channels. And then, so I feel like we, we are in a good spot there. Even go, you know, if we're getting you as a lead and then you're not joining, right? We're doing a really good job of hitting you with abandoned cart journeys and getting you back to the website or back to the gym to join. So I feel like we're, we're nailing that really well. You know, in this, in our business, the length of time between somebody becoming a lead and becoming a member is, you know, two or three days typically, right? If they're not joining within two or three days, that the drop off of that conversion, like that kind of conversion cycle drops off substantially. And so we obviously do a good job of emailing them, keeping them warm, but the, the opportunity is really within the first two or three days. And that goes back to the beginning of your question, which is lead gen, right? I think one of the things we've struggled with here is lead gen and really getting people into our doors and to a website as quickly as possible and in more volume as possible. So I talked about all the channels we're working on, all the things like that, you know, telling the story of how we are, you were UFIT, but we're a different UFIT than you knew two years ago, right? We're different, we're new, we're refreshed, we're focused on all frames of aspect of fitness, not necessarily just like the beginners who want to get on a treadmill. If you want to come and you want to do that, great. You also want to make sure that you have the opportunity that if you want to challenge yourself, push yourself to get on the turf or pick up a barbell, you can do that. So I think really it's about getting people to understand what we have to offer, getting more people in the door, getting more people to our website to get educated. Uh, and there are some things that we're doing to, to do all that. You know, some chatbot things that we're doing that are introducing that will allow us to hit people up in different in different ways and, and Facebook Messenger as opposed to just email and, and SMS. I'm sure everybody who's watching this podcast or watch, watches your podcast previously is emailing a ton to prospects, to members, and to a certain extent, that channel is obviously very helpful, but after a certain point, people either opt out or they become, your emails become lost in the noise. And so how do you find them in a different channel and make it impactful, the ability to gain their impression in a different light? And so that's kind of, we're going down some other pathways to figure out how we can message people differently and make it new and fresh and be smart about how we're messaging them and hitting them where they're most opportunistic and ready to join a gym. Yeah. Wow, Josh. I mean, I, I want to say, number one, thank you for the honesty and transparency, right? I mean, you could put success to the side and still admit that there's room to, for improvement. I think that's a big eye opener for the viewers, you know, because again, they could see a gym like yourself, a facility like what you guys are running here. You fit, I mean, and be like, whoa, blown away, right? There's, there's still room for improvement. Yes, there is. So, so thank you for that, Josh. Seriously, that, that that's major. And so I, I want to ask two more questions for you, right? And then before I let you go here, but my two favorite questions, um, the first one I'll start with is, is, you know, what's the bigger picture for you fit? What are you guys trying to accomplish long-term? Yeah, no, that's a great question. We, we, 
just from, from a little bit of a history standpoint, you know, we, you fit health clubs entered, you know, 2020, you know, there was, there was some challenges with respect to trends in 2018, 2019, and 2020. There was some deferred CapEx challenges we were dealing with entered COVID obviously, and everybody um, was hit and with the, in the face in this industry in, in March of 2020, we were no different. We had went through a period of time where we had closed quite a few gyms and exited and went through a bankruptcy proceeding, exited last year, last uh, February, and went from 120 pre-COVID, pre-bankruptcy gyms down to the 80 we have today, right? So that's just a little bit of a history from a standpoint of like where we were trending, how we were doing, how we were performing. And so really this, you know, the post-bankruptcy period is really about opportunity and how we can recapture some of the members that uh, either walked away, went to a different location or stopped working out in general. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people that went back to the couch or, you know, went back to bought some home equipment to work out on and maybe they worked out for a little bit, but really didn't drive success for themselves when it comes to fitness. So really it's about capturing that audience that is left you fit or left gyms in general and got back into maybe some habits that weren't as healthy or weren't focused on their fitness journey, getting them back in the door, getting all of our locations running at the, at the rate at which they were kind of call it 2017, 2018, and really growing our base, you know, hundred thousand over the course of the next couple of years. Right. And we are, we can easily add from a capacity standpoint, 50,000 and not really miss any beat as it relates to customer experience or what your fitness experience would be in those gyms. And really it's about reaching more people, getting people into the door, helping them achieve their fitness goals, whether that be to lose weight, to be healthier, right? To look better in the mirror. I mean, like at the end of the day, so many people go to, go to gyms because they want to look better uh, for themselves and they want to feel better, right? At the end of the day. So if you're feeling better about yourself, if you're looking better and you're doing it, you fit, that's a huge success for us. And I think that adding 50,000 to 100,000 members is kind of where we see ourselves heading over the course of the next two to three years. I love that. I love, that's huge. I mean, I appreciate you sharing like as much transparency as you've been this long time. I appreciate you sharing all that information with us here. I think it, it's definitely, definitely eye opener for viewers on on how high you can go and and how much potential there is in this industry. I mean, seriously, Josh, thank you for that. And and that would have been a mic drop of an answer there, but I got one more question for you, and this is my favorite sure. question. Um, it, probably the best question of the day, and um, it's a little bit of a tough one. So I'm kind of curious to see your answer here. Um, and, and let me ask you this. I, might, I need some context, Josh, if it's okay. Uh, how long ago did you start at UFIT? Oh, I started in November of last year. So I've been here about eight and a half months. Yeah. So I, I know you've obviously been in the industry for a while as well. So, but I'll, I'll use that as, as, as the question here. And um, so if you could go back in time, Josh, to when you first started with UFIT here about eight months back, right? And sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started at UFIT, what would that advice be for you? Yeah, it's a good question. The, <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that when I got here, I think one of the things was true of everybody that was here. We were, we're moving fast, making changes, adjusting things here or there. Uh, I think one of the areas that I, I think I wish I would have gotten involved in earlier was what we're doing on, on the personal training side of the house. So I think, you know, my focus has been 
mostly on how we're getting new, new leads in the door, how we're getting new members, and the rate at which we're getting those folks. But there's also a big opportunity for us that we are trying to crack currently, which is how we do a better job of helping people get the help they need to make the changes they want to get the to achieve the goals that they have. Right. So getting the door, selling them a personal training, getting them to a program where people come in, they say, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to be able to, to pick up my grandkid. I be, I want to be able to you know, go on walks with my spouse for, you know, and I'm you know, 75 years old, like that, I want to be healthy in all aspects of life. And that can be something that's completely outside of um, hitting goal weight or looking a specific way, right? But as we both know, the, the quickest and the most effective way and safest way, frankly, to, to achieve those goals is to really get somebody who knows what they're doing to give you guidance along the way. And so I think it's really on us to figure out how we do a better job of, of that and making sure that we're helping people achieve those goals across their kind of lifestyle, lifestyle and lifetime and giving them the guidance again to, to achieve those. And so that, that I think is the one area where I think we, I would have liked to have been, you know, jumped in earlier and sooner to help uh, figure out what, how, how to solve that puzzle. Because I think that's, that's, that probably is a, a greater challenge for pretty much everybody in this space, right? How can you help more people achieve, achieve more? And I think that holds true as well here. Josh, there we go. That's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. It's a mic drop of an answer as well. Look, Josh, it's a, uh, before we sign out here, what I will say is, number one, thank you for your time. I appreciate that. But number two, please shout out the Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about UFIT and yourself if you want? Yeah, <laughs> obviously UFIT Gyms on Instagram, UFIT.com website. We have a Facebook as well, UFIT Gyms. Uh, me personally, I am Joe underscore underscore Rida on Instagram. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. But yeah, we're all over the place. Thanks for having me. I appreciate, appreciate the time. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. Look forward to seeing what you and you fit can accomplish down the road. Uh, Josh, if you could stick around for one more second, I'm just going to let you know how you're going to hit the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Absolutely. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Jess and Nate from Snap Fitness Spicer out in Spicer, Minnesota. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? Good. Thank you. Excited to have you both here and to really dive in, learn from one another today. But before we talk business, give me a brief background. What was it that made you guys become gym owners? 
Well, I came from our local YMCA. Um, I worked there for a little bit. I was actually a stay at home mom and I didn't stay home well. I got bored. So I started just going to the Y and I um, was just going to classes every day. And then somebody was leaving and they invited me to, well, she asked if I wanted to teach a class and I was like, no, I don't know anything about it. She's like, I think you'd be great at it. So anyways, um, that's where my journey started. Um, I became employed there. They got me certified in group exercise um, and I just grew from there. Then they wanted me to be a personal trainer. So anyways, long story short, um, we all got shut down for COVID and I was just at home and Nate always teases and tells everybody he bought his gym a, or he what my wife a job. Bought my wife a job. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where um yeah, that's where it all started. I um I never thought we'd be in this position, but here we are and it's thriving and taking off. So Awesome. Most of us don't grow up as little kids and think, oh, one day we're going to be gym owners. It just happens. Um, and it sounds like that's kind of what happened for you, specifically for you, Nate. Like, <laughs> this is something that, like, your wife was passionate about and you're like, all right, we got to do this. Um, and I love that. So what I would love for you guys to do now is just give us, um, you know, an elevator pitch of Snap Fitness Spicer who you are, what services you provide, kind of the whole nine yards. That way our listener really understands the business model here. Um, well, we are a small gym in central Minnesota. We are owners and operators who are, are very involved. We have one other part-time employee. Um, she's amazing. She's very involved as well. Um, we offer some personal training right now. Jess is our one and only personal trainer. Um, she also does our group exercise. We're just incorporating Another person into that group exercise. Um, we have two personal trainers looking to come on board with us and two more in the near future. Awesome. So people can come in, they can do their own thing, but you also have personal training group fitness as an element of what you have to offer. Um, so that kind of leads me to my next question here, and we'll dive into those services a little bit deeper, but how many members are you guys serving right now? Uh, we have over 500 members, so we're on 515 last time I looked. Sweet. So um, within that 515, like what percentage of those members would you say are utilizing the personal training services? I know that it's just you right now, Jess, so probably not a huge percentage, I would say. Actually, probably very, very limited number. Um, our focus has been since we took over two years ago, started this two years ago, um, was getting the gym established, getting the job up and running for us. Um, where Jess came from, she was personal training a lot more. And uh, now that's become our new focus is getting more people involved in personal training, getting um, more personal trainers and more, more clients. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Like in this business model, it is so smart for us to really utilize personal training because one, for the business, we're bringing in a heck of a lot more revenue from PT, like per person, right? We can charge more than we can for a typical membership. So it's good for the business. And then when we look from the client side, it's even better for our clients because 
not everybody knows how to walk into a gym and be successful and see the results that they want. So if we can offer them a service such as personal training to help them target their goals and reach their goals, they're going to see success and then they're going to stick around for a long time. And that's what we want, you know, in the gym business. So I'm excited to hear that that is something that you guys are looking to grow. Um, what is the square footage of the facility? Our gym itself um, is only about 1,600 square feet. We do occupy another space that's very similar in size that uh, is where our group exercise takes place. Okay, so you kind of have the 1,600 square feet and then you have like a room that's around the same for group X, right? Yeah. Okay, I got it. Um, and so, you know, with around 500 members and that square footage, I always like to ask, is that a number of members where you guys are looking to kind of halt and stop things? Or are you looking to like hit the gas and welcome new faces in the door? That's a great question. That's a, a, a challenge that we face daily. Um, we do get a very crowded gym at times. And uh, I don't want to say we, we are holding back on new members. Um, we haven't turned anyone down. Um, we don't want to get to that point. We let everyone know our busy times and they can kind of choose when to come in. Um, a long-term goal is definitely to expand our facility so we can accommodate um, even the current members that we have and, and more members in the future. Yep. And, you know, since you did say the gym has more crowded times, that kind of sparked another question. Are you guys 24 seven? Yes. That's good too, because we can always grow and welcome more people that would be invested in that 24 seven type thing. So like shift workers, nurses, EMTs, like those types of people love that stuff. Um, okay. So another question that kind of sparked for me through that is, you know, you have the Group X program, you have the PT program. So ideally, if you were welcoming more people in, would you try to push them toward, you know, Group X or um, personal training so that you guys can continuously grow those elements, but not allow the gym to get like super busy during those um, rush hours? So I really push, I have so many people that come into the gym and they're like, oh, I I just haven't been working out. I'm not motivated. And those are the people I push for group exercise. I'm mm -hmm. like, we hold you accountable. You have to pay for the whole month ahead of time. We know if you're not here um, and they love it. That's why um, our group exercise is huge for us. Um, well, it's huge for me because <laughs> I love it, but um, that's where I put in. I mean, that's my passion is group exercise, but just everybody realizes that we all need each other, whether we're there to just drink coffee all hour or actually lift weights. It's, um, I don't know, we're just a big old community, a big family and people get motivated and they know they have to show up or we're going to know. And I don't know, it's just great. So I love I, fitness too. And I think I have yeah. a very similar feeling to you. Like for me, that's the type of fitness that I succeed in group fitness and that's why I like, it's easy for me to see other people out there that are similar. Like I think um, there's a lot of people that are motivated by having somebody next to them while they work out. There's also a lot of people that are motivated by having a coach tell them what to do, but they don't want to do one-on-one. -on -one. 
So the perfect combination, the perfect solution here is group fitness. Um, and so right now, are your group fitness classes, like, are they all full? Is there room for growth there? What does that look like? Well, I came from a huge space, um, my old studio, we would pack about 42 people in there. Yeah. Um, and it was every day at 10. Um, my space 17 is crowded. Okay. Um, so that's different, but I have classes every single day, um, every morning at nine o'clock. And then I do, um, right now I just got out of the evenings. I'm training in a gal, but um, I mean, we're pretty crowded there at 17, but it's just a busy time of the year. Some days we have 17, some days we have four, just, I feel like it's a busy time of year, but I mean, I feel like someone's always gone so we can, we never really have to turn people away. Mm -hmm. With the, you know, with the new coaches coming in, the new trainers coming in, would you guys ever offer more class times for group X to kind of open up that market of people that might be interested in joining specifically for group fitness? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're super flexible with that. I just struggle because I feel like the more classes you have, the more options people have, and then you get only a few here and there. And sometimes I feel like I'd rather offer less times and pack the room, but you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, as long as we're consistently bringing new faces into the gym and we never stop marketing and advertising ourselves, like, you know, the, the classes are going to continuously get more and more full. Um, and I struggled with that in the very beginning. We had, we have five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 a.m., three, four, five, six, seven, and 8 p.m. And I'll tell you what, that 3 p.m. class for the first several months I would either have 15 or I would have two. And when I had two, I was like, is it really worth it at this yeah. point? Like these people probably don't have to come to three. They're probably just coming to three because it's convenient for them and it's on the schedule. So of course they're going to sign up for it. Um, but it does take a lot of kind of playing around with. Um, okay. So since you guys ideally would continuously probably want to see new faces, even if it is a more, slow, steady trickle. Um, you know, what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process? How are you getting out there in the community and, and, um, you know, getting new people in? A lot of it's, I mean, word of mouth people, um, people love it. Um, but also we almost always take several pictures a week of the group because I get so many people that are like, Oh, I wish you'd have classes for someone my age and they're in their 70s and I was like I have people in their 20s and I have people that are 75 in my class that's no joke it is all about what you make it you can grab two pounders or you can grab 45 pound weights I mean we all we have I usually give you three levels of everything we're doing if there's options so I mean I don't know and so with those pictures like are you posting them somewhere or like what do you mean Yep. We just take a group photo and we post them on our Facebook page okay. and I get so many people and they're like, Oh, we love seeing your posts. And, um, I don't know, I guess I'm just, I like real posts of real people and of think those, um, corporate posts, people get sick of seeing that stuff. And so, yeah. you know, so we just do real stuff. Like today, um, I had a client right before this and I took a little video. He was in, um, he was in a hospital bed for five months. 
um, last November, he got in a terrible car accident. And I posted a little video of him. And I mean, he's a walking miracle. He had 80% chance of never walking again. And people love to see that stuff. So I don't know. That's where I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, take off with real life stories and real pictures of real people. Yeah, I mean, the organic stuff like that, you know, when we show our real members, like people can connect to that. And it definitely helps with kind of um, building brand awareness, which is something that we always want to make sure that we're doing. And again, it's going to help with the word of mouth. And in this industry, we like word of mouth because it's free. But when it comes to scalability, projecting our growth through word of mouth, it can be difficult because we don't know the rate at which people are going to come in. We'll have months where it's like we seem to get 15, 20 new leads, clients coming in through word of mouth. And then we'll have a couple months where it's like crickets and we're not really growing at all. So um, I like to say, you know, there are other methods that we can kind of supplement. Um, Have you guys ever tried any sort of like using those posts that you're talking about on Facebook for like a, a paid advertisement. Have you ever done that? We haven't. I I mean, that's where we really want to grow is in our marketing. And I don't want to be that annoying person, but I know it's huge. Everyone keeps telling us it's so huge. Um, so that is, that's where we really want to grow. We just, um, I don't know. We're just not experts in it yet. And why would you be an expert? <laughs> You're, you're a personal trainer and even you know even like us we might have a business background and we probably both each me and Nate probably both took a couple marketing classes each but they didn't teach us how to market a gym like that wasn't something that we learned in college um so you know I don't think that any of us should be deemed experts but I think it's important that you do understand the importance behind it. And in today's industry, it is the number one way to grow and scale our business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've i seen it firsthand with my facility and from the people I've talked to, that's kind of been the most beneficial thing. Um, what's kind of the main thing holding you back from it? Would it just be that you don't really know how to do it or is there kind of more behind it? Well, I do not want to be annoying because I think emails are annoying. I delete them and I have heard from people, they're annoying. So that's where I try really hard to figure out what can we send out that's meaningful and impactful and not annoying. You can talk to me, sorry. I know you were gonna say something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I definitely get that. There's always going to be those emails that we all get, right? I have like 30,000 emails in one of my inboxes where it's just like all promo stuff. And I honestly like check it once a week and really don't even like go through them unless something sparks my eye. So I definitely understand what you're saying, but kind of to talk into the paid advertisement on Facebook, like I don't think there's really a way to be annoying with that. If you're showing like your real members, their results, um, things like that. Do you guys have an offer that you have, like that you use to like pull people into the gym, like a free offer or anything like that, that you utilize? Occasionally we run a a special, something like our our latest one was um, $99 for 99 days special. Put that on 
Facebook or on our website. Um, yeah, we haven't, we haven't done any paid advertisement. Organic advertisement is a, a huge term we hear a lot about lately. Um, that's where we you know, plan to continue with our focus. Yeah, I like organic because again, like we talked about a couple minutes ago, like organic is going to generate that word of mouth. But like with organic, even if like only 10% of our followers are ever going to see the stuff that we're posting. So even if we have 3000 followers on our Facebook page or our Instagram page, only 300 of them are going to see the post. And then like from those 300, how many of them are actually called to action to do something? Um, and so that's what makes organic kind of tricky. Like I always say do organic, but supplement it with something else. Um, I make reels on our Instagram for fun. That's the organic stuff that we do because people like to engage with that and it builds that brand awareness supplemented with some sort of call to action, paid advertisement to reach people. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are utilizing your own content for social media. Cause I know like with these corporates, they provide you with some stuff to post, right? Yeah. So we get two a week that corporate posts. <laughs> I hate to say this, but sometimes I delete them because people are like, Oh, Wilmer has the same commercial or the same ad and I'm like yeah it's a corporate thing and they're only three miles away so um but I definitely want to do more paid advertising we just um like we're fairly new to this so we're you know we just don't really know what to do and Nate doesn't like to pay people to do it so he's all about let's do this and I'm like okay more work for us but um <laughs> we're getting there like we yeah. want we know we need to do it um yeah. We just need to learn more and figure out how. Yeah. Always keep learning. Always. There's tons of videos and stuff out there to help you with that, to like learn how to do it. Um, and so I kind of want to steer, you know, onto the next conversation starter that I have here. So I always like to ask this question because I think that it serves as a really great talking point for the people that are listening to the show. Um, what would you guys consider to be your biggest like bottleneck within the business? And like, if you don't clear it out of the way within a timely manner, it might hold you back in the future from where you want to go. Our biggest bottleneck from where our end goal is, is uh, the size constraint of our, our current location. Um, mm -hmm. We do want to offer a much bigger gym to people, more comfort um, space-wise in the gym, more new equipment, those kind of things. Um, yeah, the size constraint of our current building. Yeah, so realistically, like, do you, within the facility that you guys are in, like, is there room for you to expand? I'm not entirely sure, like, if you're in a plaza or your singular location or, or like, a, like, you're standalone or, like, how does it? Yeah, it's a small mall, like a plaza, I would say. And uh, no, there's there's no room for us to, to grow where we're at currently. Okay, so would you guys ideally like move locations or like if you were to get the business point where it made sense, would you move locations or would you go and open up a second one? Um, I don't think we would ever go and open up a, a second location um, in the area that we're in. Not saying that we wouldn't broaden out and you know buy one in another town or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know 100% how to answer that question. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's tricky. Like space is something that like, you know, we don't really have like a clear answer for. Once we run out of space, we kind of run out of space. However, we can kind of, you know, look at the schedule, see what we can do to kind of grow within, um, you know, once we have enough people in the facility, what can we do with the people that we have to continuously grow? Um, there's kind of a lot of things that we can do within there. Um, if you were able to correct this challenge, so I was able to say, hey, you can expand, you can have an additional like 2K square feet. Um, how would like correcting that change your business? I think we would add, um, we could add probably about a hundred members instantly that I feel are driving by every day to go to different different locations that would that would want to come to us but just uh feel we're a little too small for them yeah our, our um a big thing for us is we're weightlifters and we have a tiny weight room so we know that if we could expand our weight room and just more free space it would i think we would get more of our members that drive down the road to a big weightlifting gym because they have a lot of more space. So um, we know that's an issue and we would love a bigger weight room and, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. So um, kind of last question that I like to ask here, that's a little bit more of a loaded question. So take it as you will, but if you could have, you know, a magic wand, snap your fingers, boom, the business is kind of right where you want it to be today. All your dreams, all your goals had come true. What would that picture look like for you guys? we would have a five to 6,000 square foot gym. I don't want a big one because people love us because it's just, it's one huge open area and we're like a family in there. So that space, I would love my studio connected there because I want to be able to see the gym and have that space um, with garage doors to open. What do you want, Nate? A big weight room. Yeah. we need to at least double the size of our facility now for for our gym um doubling the size of our cardio area double the size of our our weight room um we have no stretching area right now or what do they call it with the everything's going towards whatever it is and then um and a bigger yeah the multifunction area and then a bigger um area for classes so we can incorporate more classes mm -hmm. um, get some even more things to offer than just group exercise classes, some you know, cycling classes, some yoga. Um, we want to, we want to grow our business in, in directions to benefit everyone in the community health wise. Yeah, and I want five classes running every day. Like that's my goal. I'm, yeah. I think um, I would love a senior citizen class, um, uh, a cardio class, a weightlifting class, just yoga. People want yoga, you know, a spin class. I, I want all that, but <laughs> it's going to take a little time. Yeah. So, you know, obviously everything takes time in this business, but what do you guys feel like you have to focus on the most right now to make, you know, this dream of like bigger, better, more services, more everything down the road a reality? What we have to focus on right now is really, really the only thing we can focus on with our facility is personal training, growing our personal training, um, 
so far we've, we've been told it's the fastest way to gain revenue to maybe reach our other dreams of, uh, of getting a bigger gym. Absolutely. That's a really great focal point for you guys right now um, because, you know, people want to see results. So um, if we can hand them a personal trainer, they're definitely going to reach the results that they want. So, um, you know, once you guys were able to get, you know, this bigger facility, you're able to serve more people, have more services. I like to kind of take a step outside here and like be a little selfish for a second and look at how this would change your lives. So if you were to have all of that down the road, what would your life look like? What role would you guys play? I, I'm terrible at being bored. I have to be kept busy. So uh, for me, that a bigger facility, something like that just means more work and, and keeping me more busy. Um, I don't think I would ever step back and just pay someone to run our gym. It's just, uh, it, it doesn't feel right to me. We, we're very connected with all of our members and um, I want to be there. I, and people everyday. love it. People um, love that the owners are hands-on. Yeah. They know if they come in, they're going to see one of us there. And mm -hmm. we might bring our kids in at night to clean. And, you know, they just, we're just a big family and people love that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a great point there. And um, there's, you know, usually two types of gym owners, one who's in it to make a ton of money. The second who's in it to help a ton of people. And you guys are definitely from the sounds of it, you want to be, you know, more of the second person. Um, and that's really rewarding for sure. So as we close out the episode episode here, tell the listeners something that you guys, you wish you had known when you first got started in, you know, becoming gym owners. Oh, God. Well, one thing that I always look back on when we, this business wasn't really for sale, but everything has its price. So we, we bought a gym that was by no means struggling. We thought it was um, ran perfectly and found out that just us being involved more brought in a lot more business, just listening to our customers, making some small changes and, and being there rather than um, having a, a full-time manager really set us apart from um, the way it was running before. Yeah, being present definitely can amplify things, like take things from good to great. Um, and so I'm glad to hear that that was the case for you guys. And I want to thank you both for your time today. I think that this is a great conversation. Definitely some good takeaways for those listening to the show. And for our listeners, thanks, guys. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. 
To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Melissa with Clarity Fitness. Melissa, what is going on? Happy Friday. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling okay. A uh, little tired. I've got a, uh, a eight-month-old baking in here, so she kind of determines how I feel on a daily basis, but... <laughs> overall there we go it's a good day yeah i appreciate that yeah i appreciate you being here thank you for that thank you for introducing the eight month as well um and look we're excited to have you on and before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you have going on at clarity fitness here you know first we want to give you the floor and give an opportunity to give the viewers a little perspective so in your words melissa in your own words how would you describe clarity fitness and what you guys do Clarity Fitness is a small boutique fitness studio. Um, We were founded in 2014, so almost eight years ago. Um, And really what I was looking to do after coming off a 15-year corporate fitness career in New York City, um, I was looking over here in New Jersey to start something um, similar but different. <clears throat> as to what's going, what had been going on at the time in, in the boutique world of, of fitness in New York City, which um, tend to be uh, a little bit, little intense, little um, uh, hoity-toity is the word we we say here. Um, and there was also um, uh, sort of a a feel at those studios where a you were only getting one sort of format at that particular studio whether it would be yoga at the yoga you know whatever it was a bar studio a cycling studio um your your interval training classes and they were so they were very um you had one that did this one that did that and i really wanted to create something a little less judgmental a little more open to all um types of people and and um uh, fitness levels, as well as, um, something that you could, it's like a one-stop shop. You could do, um, all of those things in under one roof and having been a part of that and trained in all of that for so long, it only made sense to, um, you know, do something. So found a small space, um, in the neighborhood that I was living in, which I no longer live in this neighborhood, but, um, uh, you know, I'm still here every day. And, um, we, we started something pretty cool. It's a very non-judgmental place, all levels, um, and we offer everything from yoga, cycling, interval training, bar. Um, things have changed here and there depending on what's trending and what's not, what people want, what um, what worked, and so it's been a, we've been able to sort of morph into um, things as we go based on what's popular and and what people want, and that's that's who we are. I love that. I love that. I appreciate the explanation and the clarity there, Melissa, <laughs> as in clarity fitness as well. But thank you for that. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, we'll start with the bare bones basics here, Melissa. I mean, how many members are you serving currently? 
currently, <laughs> currently is a little different from what it was pre-pandemic. Um, uh, I can imagine that other uh, studios are going through this as well. We're in a rebuild phase. Um, we certainly have a good chunk of people that were here pre-pandemic. There is a ambulance going by. Hold on. <laughs> this is what living right outside the city is like. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, pre-pandemic, I would say we were serving. So I like to go by how many visits we're getting in a week. Pre-pandemic, uh, you know, 250 visits a week, 250, maybe 300 at some of our top peak times. And um, post-pandemic, you know, trying our best to build back up to that uh, 200 mark has been has been challenging, especially in the summertime. Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, so we we really base it on visits. Um, we've done a lot of rebuilding um, of keeping a small amount of the people that were here before they got either moved out of the area or got their own, um, you know, uh, pandemic. Uh, pandemic schedules that are different now than they were then. So, um, so yeah, we it, it, we're definitely in a rebuild phase. And um, uh, so th th visit wise, that that's where we are, I'd say we're about 60 70% of where we were pre pandemic, which, to me, you know, it's paying the bills and and it's I can keep it alive and know that we can move forward from here. And if we did it once, we can do it again. Of course. Of course. That's the mentality to have. And 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 so I always like to ask this question as a follow-up. Now, I mean, what's been the best method to get those new people through the door? What's been bringing a lot of the interest for you guys? So we, um, I would actually, I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of uh, the answer should be the social media. And for us, it never has been, never was. And because we're in a um, community where the so the the we're in a place called Hudson County. Um, if you've heard of Hoboken, Hoboken's about a mile down the road, um, and we are up the hill. So we are what services the Union City, Weehawken, West New York, Guttenberg, um, very tiny towns within Hudson County, right on the Hudson River, across from from Midtown, really, and um, we're walkable. And we are one of the only gigs left in, left in town. <laughs> after after the pandemic which hasn't wow. hurt us so um definitely a lot of walking traffic word of mouth um you know the, it it's a definitely a place where people like to come and bring their workout partners with them bring their friends with them so it's a lot of hey i tried this you know come with me it's it's we're we're very much a word of mouth studio um uh, flyers have worked well for us too doing, um, you know, getting professionally done flyers and being able to fly your cars, um, things like that. But it's not, it's never been the type of place where like social media has drawn a slew of people because it is a small town situation. Um, so if that makes sense. Yeah, no, a hundred percent makes hundred percent sense. And I think, and that's totally okay. Right. I mean, there's no wrong answer here on, on, on what's worked well for you. Yeah. And I think if that's the case where right, you have a lot of foot traffic, you have people who are, are bringing their buddies. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of the best way to grow, right? The trust factor is already uh, kind of created once they yeah. come in through something that, that is familiar with you guys. So that's great there. And now, I mean, let's say leads, traffic, clients, I mean, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, how much higher can you go than where you're at now? 
what would capacity look like for you guys? Uh, we have definitely lowered our capacity for safety reasons um, from where we were. So our studio in general, could, on a pre-pandemic level, we would hold about 20 people, anywhere from 14 to 20 people, depending on the class that was being offered. So a yoga class, you could sort of pack people in a little bit more than an interval training class where people need room to to, to move. Um, and we've definitely dialed down those numbers post-pandemic because I think even now, people walking through the doors, seeing a large group of people is still, at least up here in New Jersey, it's still like a, should I put my mask on? Should I, you know, like there's, it's, it, it's, um, it's a tough situation. So we've, we, we try to find a, a happy medium of like, what can we, how much can we safely fit where they have their own space to breathe? And, um, you know, how much can we fit in order to stay financially stable and make it make it worth the time that we're there. So um, I think that it really depends on the, the, the class offering and the day and the time. Um, I, I think any business, there's always room for, for more, um, more classes. You know, that's that's the way when you have a, a limited amount of space to work with, the way to grow is to add more classes and, and allow for more more bodies and more check ins you know, to be able to come into your facility. So yeah, there's absolutely, um, there's absolutely room for growth. It's just a matter of finding that, uh, finding the right times, finding the right crowds uh, during those times and figuring out what we can safely boost in terms of attendance. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is it's taking that, that, that safety factor into consideration. Um, especially in your location, right? I mean, I'm, I'm from New York originally, and I, I understand completely. It's the same exact thing. A lot of them are still in that growth stage, and believe it or not, it's it's, it's very very true. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, rebuilding stage. <laughs> and then, um, so now gonna throw uh, another question here that I like to kind of get perspective on. And um, you know, I've been, you've been in this industry a long time, so I'm sure you understand the importance of this. But how do you track? those metrics, right? The numbers of, of understanding how long they've been with you, a lifetime value, uh, if they're looking to restart, cancel, get started. I mean, how do you track those numbers? Um, we use, luckily the program that we use does have um, good reporting. And so it does allow you to go in and, and generate the report on which you'd like to use. Um, and so you can, you can really choose like, what you're looking like i like to on a weekly basis say all right you know this week i'm going to focus on people that haven't been here in you know such and such amount of time and i can go in and i can generate something and and reach out to those people and um you can say all right these people have packages that are set to expire you know at a certain time so you can kind of pick and choose i like to do that i like to say you know this is going to be my focus for the week these this group of people then this group of people then these people who haven't been here who used to be our you know some of our top people who maybe haven't been here in two plus years right so finding out like are they still around are they do that are they having trouble because they've gained 20 pounds and they want to lose it first before they come back to work out. Cause that's always the funniest excuse to me is that like, I have to, <laughs> I've got to lose my COVID weight before I come back to the gym. Um, you know, th those types of things. So really um, I like to use reports within what we have in order to target specific groups um, rather than just constantly hitting the same people of, you know, 
hey, where have you been? Where have you been? Where have you been? It's been three weeks. It's been two weeks. You know, like they get those messages. They get those automated messages. They know if they have a package that's going to expire because it's going to tell them over and over and over your package is going to expire, you know, things like that. Yeah. But I, I like to target different different groups of people based on like, you know, one, we don't want you to lose what you already purchased. B, we used to see you all the time. Do you remember that? Do you remember, you know, what you felt like when you used to do that often and and like, see, like, tell us what's going on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I appreciate the clarity on that. Thank you for explaining. Cause I think a lot of the viewers kind of undermine that. I mean, as fitness professionals, I mean, we track macros, how much weight is on the bar, how much we weigh, but then sometimes we forget those metrics. And I think that's probably one of the most important factors. Yeah. So, so thank you for that, Melissa. And going to throw a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself, a good way to kind of self-reflect here. So, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use most predominantly, right? There's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, getting people through the door, your acquisition, which is your sales, which is getting somebody from interested to being a paying customer, and then uh, going with this retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Melissa, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, probably marketing. Um, I am, you know, not necessarily a one man show, but in a lot of aspects I am, I am, uh, you know, I've always been the go-to person for everything that's coming in, everything that's going out the, and, um, if that's one thing that I could probably improve on is, you know, when you're the, when you're payroll and HR and maintenance and, all those things, you know, surrounding it. Sometimes marketing is something that we put on the back burner, like, you know, external marketing is something that we put on the back burner. Um, you know, our, our retention is, has always been really good um, in terms of getting someone through the door and getting them, and at least hooking them in on a package, um, getting them to enjoy the, the class that they've taken. Um, and then also attrition, um, you know, that, that going hand in hand, but um, yeah, the, the marketing and the external leads aside from what we already do with, um, you know, limited social media, as well as, um, you know, simple things we can do. I've always, <laughs> you, you, you end up going the simple routes rather than convincing yourself that maybe having somebody else do it for you might be a good idea. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think it is tough, right? When you when you are that that one woman show, like you said, say, and uh, it, it's there's priorities, right? And then usually, what's going to be number one priority is what, what's front facing, what you see, right, yeah. in the gym or, or what you have to handle in the gym. And I understand that completely. And and I mean, you're a fitness professional, not a marketing professional, so I think it's totally okay. Too, yeah. You know? <laughs> but also, too, you you end up with, uh, and I've I've done these things before. I I I feel like the marketing industry changes every 30 seconds, like what worked last week doesn't work this week. What was trendy then isn't trendy now. And I've tried things before and I've always found them to be um, not genuine. Um, they don't, they never felt, I remember somebody um, that back when it was, it was a thing to do Facebook ads, right? And it was um, really, it was just clickbait, right? It was putting a video up of a uh, promotion that you were doing or, you know, how this, how this, you take this special and it's going to, you know, do all these things for you and whatever, whatever. And so I had to create a video based on what this person wanted me and, you know, using like 
target words and phrases and things like that. And I remember making the video and then I remember it going live and then seeing what was coming through it was garbage. It was garbage that was coming through. It was just like, click, 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 people writing stupid comments, you know, like all that. And I felt like this is so not who I am. It's not who my business yeah. is. And it feels very, um, it just doesn't feel genuine. It's not, it's not who we are. And it's not what I ever wanted to be. I don't want random people you know, making comments on like that you don't even live here. You know, this is a very grassroots neighborhood, neighborhood kind of place. So that, um, you know, those types of things have always sort of turned me off to the the world of marketing, which sometimes tends to be very disingenuine and like, how can we just get like clicks? You know, I, I don't. That's that's never going to work for me. Yeah, and I, I think we're we're in the era of authenticity. I, I've always said that. I think like as as social media has progressed there's been a lot of that clickbait stuff and i think now it's where you, everybody should be their most authentic stuff and people buy based on emotion so if they feel like it's disingenuous they're not going to go ahead and make the decision to work with you or go to you or even check you guys out yeah. so uh and not you specifically obviously but you know what i mean um i think it's very very important to be as authentic as possible i agree with you 100 percent. yeah and so last two questions for you melissa my two favorite questions um what's the bigger picture for you what are you trying to accomplish long term um particularly where i am now so i'll be uh i'll be completely honest i am 43 years old um i'm having my first child um i've done the long term you know, career. I I did I did the college. I did the get the job. I did the manage. I um, built nice. I climbed the corporate ladders. I um, ran group fitness for one of the largest fitness companies in the United States. I you know did all of that, and I was the person up in an office that no one ever saw. And I pushed around spreadsheets, and I you know did all those things and and created the career and then i got married at 35 and then we have our we've had our fitness studio for nearly um eight years and i now i'm starting a family so i've like lived half my life did all the things and now i'm in a place that is um uh you know we are we are in a regrowth and like i told you um my my goal would be over the next couple of years to be able to rebuild that business to where I where it left when we had to abruptly close in um you know in 2020. So I really do want to bring that back because it was it is um and will always continue to be um you know one of the biggest accomplishments of my life was starting this business. Um and what I foresee for myself is really dependent on you know me as a mother and how that how that looks and how i can um do be a business owner and an entrepreneur and a mother at the same time and and um you know the most important thing moving forward is going to be my daughter right and putting that putting that first and putting that responsibility first while still maintaining responsibility as a business owner so I don't have a straight up answer for you as to where I'm going to be in a few years because I have to see how that looks for me. Um, and, you know, should I be in a situation in a few years to maybe um, consider a buyer 
then they, that might be on the table. It might also be on the table for me to then see where she's at when she starts going to school. Maybe like, I, you know, in the fitness industry, we always say, well, we've done all these things. Like, what else could we do, you know, other than like starting a whole new career? Well, there's physical education, there's teaching, there's helping the youth of this country become uh, interested in actually physical activity again, right? Mm -hmm. Like we probably were when we were young and doing <laughs> real things instead of, you know, playing video games. Like there's, we have a real problem yeah. in this country and it's just going to keep going backwards. So those types of things interest me. And I say like, is there something that I could do down the road to help to fix that, um, you know, in a small way, but a big way. So, you know, that's, I, all those things run through my head. I can't give you a direct, this is where I see myself in five years, because really, I just want to see myself now as someone who can maintain a business and also be a good mom. That was a mic drop of an answer, Melissa, but I have one more question for you, unfortunately. That would have been a great place to close it out, but I got one more for you. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and I'm kind of curious to see this response to you because you've given a lot of great responses today. So, um, and this is my favorite question by far. And we had somebody even just yesterday take like 20 minutes to answer this question. I kid you uh -oh. not, like, stepped outside and was like, All right, give me a second. So, um, you know, Melissa, if you can go back in time to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Oh, God. Um, huh. So you're talking eight years ago, opening up the studio. Uh, knowledge that I could have get. Well, I think, okay. So I think this is something that can be really put in all aspects of life. And I think it took me time, not just in my corporate fitness career, but in, in opening this studio um, and just growing up as a person and, and becoming more mature and, you know, getting to a point in life where finding a way to stop or really just organically stopping what stopping and care the caring of what people think of you um i can honestly like 100% say now in my life i don't give a flying <laughs> you know whatever what somebody else thinks of me i don't care if they look at me a certain way if they say you know like um you know she's look at her she's teaching and she's pregnant and you're or i don't i don't care about physical features i don't care about um what someone thinks about um how i run my business um whereas i think when i first started it was still a comparison of myself to others in like always thinking, you know, I tend to, I tend to view myself as like, I'm, I'm always critical. I'm very critical of myself. Right. So it's, a, it's like, you've got all these businesses, you've had all this experience and, and you've got, you know, New York city right there and you see the way they do it and you see, and, and constantly thinking to myself is, is what I want to do going to work because I'm not doing it that way or because I 
am I, they're probably doing it better. They're doing a better job. They're charging more money. They're getting, you know, people through the doors and, and all those girls, you know, are wearing their, their fancy outfits and uh, paint, you know, like it's just, it's a different feel. And I always thought, is what I'm going to do going to work? Because that seems to work for them. Is this going to work for me? Because I don't want to do it that way. And I think in boutique fitness, um, there's a specific, it's almost like some of these larger companies um, have a way about them. They have a cookie cutter way of doing business where it's, you know, you walk in, you've got your staff, you've got your music playing, you have a certain scent pumping through the air, you have a certain lighting, everybody's got to follow this. And it's, it's, um, and to me, that was all sort of like, all great and mesmerizing for the people walking through the doors but like is that really what this is or is this movement and fitness and sweating and you know making people feel a certain way without needing all that you know extra baloney really is yeah. is what to me it always was and that, that's never what i wanted so i think to to get back to what you're saying eight years ago me was worried about taking a risk and doing something different from the way they were doing it with the same sort of, you know, sign up for your classes. These are your classes. These are your instructors. They all know what they're doing. They're very good at what they do. And um, uh, they also feel better about themselves teaching here because they're not worried about what everybody thinks of them in that studio where everyone's got to be better than the next person. And that's not who we are. And so once I knew I was able to create it, it took time, but there was a sense of, can I do this? And so originally I said to you, like stopping caring what people think was a, was something for me that it had to be organically done, but then I can look back and say like, no, I did it. <laughs> like I did exactly what I wanted to do. I cared at first, but once I proved to myself that I was able to do it, um, you know, then you realize you're in a place where you truly don't care what people think about the way you run your business and your values and um you know what you choose to put in these four walls that was a mic drop of an answer <laughs> well that's a good place to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out you know please shout out your instagram facebook website anything you may have where can people find out more about you and the gym Yep. So we are um, on Park Avenue, 3515 Park Avenue in Union City. And if you know Union City, Weehawken, we're right across the street from Weehawken. So part uh, um, Union City and Park Avenue divides Weehawken and Union City. So we're right there, right outside the Lincoln Tunnel, first stop outside the Lincoln Tunnel. And um, we our Instagram handle is at Clarity Fit, and then our website, uh, clarityfitnessnj.com. There we go, Melissa. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Just stick around for one second. If you can just let me know how you're going to hit the podcast, I'd appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? All right. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. 
One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.